when you're put in a position and that's taken away from you. Like as a grown man, you have to let it go. You have to let it go and you need to shift your energy in a direction that's going to provide you a return. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. Clash at the Castle is right around the corner. WrestleMania is on the horizon. So much to get to. Dare I say, this is going to be a killer episode of ATB. Got some very special guests coming your way. So much to get to from Raw, from SmackDown, from NXT each and every week. And of course, I need a little help navigating the choppy waters he is the screech powers to my zach morris the voice of nxt 2.0 no you can't be ac slater you are vic joseph vic what's the good word my friend you know had a a nice week with heat wave had a very interesting evening on nxt tuesday night you yourself had a very interesting evening on monday night which i have had actually very surprised that you're in one piece I, I am barely in one piece. I am being held together by duct tape and super glue at this point, particularly as pertains to uh, my my mental state. Uh, I'm burned out. I am exhausted. It's been a long week. Last week, we did ATB in the morning. I did a whole bunch of voiceover recordings. Immediately following that, went straight to the airport, flew to Hollywood, to LA, to SoFi Stadium for the WrestleMania ticket on sale launch party. Vic, have you been inside SoFi Stadium yet? I have I have not, unfortunately. I'm a little jealous, actually. The first time I walked into AT&T Stadium in Dallas, the first time we did WrestleMania there, which was, well, we've done it twice there now, I was blown away. I refer to it as like a modern marvel of human civilization. The fact that human beings were able to conceive this structure and build it and make it a reality. SoFi, to me, blows AT&T Stadium out of the water. It is one of the most impressive structures I've ever seen in my life. When you walk out on the field, there's all this natural light. There's a lot of glass on the sides and, of course, the dome roof. And the video board is truly a sight to behold. We talk about AT&T Stadium, you know, Jerry World. That that was, at the time, I think the biggest, may still be the biggest video board in, like, the world above the field. The Jumbotron guy. Yeah, yeah. This SoFi's is amazing. It's like a ring that goes the entire way around the inside of the stadium. I cannot wait for our crew to get in there, for our our designers to get their hands on the set and build it out and see what WrestleMania looks like this coming year. In and of itself, that was enough to get me fired up. We had like thousands upon thousands of fans show up for the party, had a great event broadcast, I think, on social media. Really, really good time. Did the event, went straight back to LAX, flew back home. Uh, you know, try to be a dad for a couple days and then uh, made a trip to the nation's capital. Sunday night, I drove into Washington, D.C. And have you ever driven into Washington, D.C., Vic? Can I honestly say of all the miles we've traveled together, I don't think we've ever driven into D.C. There are very few places more notorious for their traffic than Los Angeles, where I had just been several days prior. The sneakiest, worst traffic in the United States in D.C. Come on. I, it, it is such a nightmare. I have never driven into Washington, D.C. or out of D.C. without sitting in like a completely unnecessary traffic jam. Even at night? Yes. Sunday evening. It was like, I don't know, I left my house at 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening. So I got to D.C. around 7, 7.30. And 
I'm driving down the highway, cruising, have my cruise control on, just kind of minding my own business, having myself a time. And all of a sudden I start slowing down. And next thing you know, the GPS starts racking up numbers. And it looked like one of those old scrolling numbers where it was like, oh, here, you're going to be here. Now, boom, 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 boom. Next thing I know, like 25 more minutes added to my trip. But I got there, got a good night's sleep, and then Monday Night Raw happened and uh, really put my mind at ease. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You needed your wheel man with you is what you needed for that trip. I did. I, I'm still out of practice, especially I didn't even have my wife with me. I was flying solo. It's all right. But you know what? I, you know, wheel man, I'm, I can come out on short trips for you to, to, to help you drive. But I don't know if I could help protect you. Uh... <laughs> the way on uh, Monday Night Raw when you literally got trampled on and I couldn't stop laughing. I need, I need to <laughs> head to the warehouse in Stanford. I need oh, to track yeah. down the coal mine and I need to use it for my own personal protection these days because stuff is getting wild at ringside, Vic. Your feet flew up and then I, it, it was like Booker T. Do you remember when Booker fell through the stage? I do. And, and all of a sudden his feet were up and the four wheels were through. And that's all you saw. That's what I was picturing when all of a sudden I saw you go, wait a minute. Is that? And then all, I, they flashed you and your wheels are just spinning. I couldn't stop laughing. What the hell happened? It was like a wave of humanity. There was just a pile of people <laughs> that just spilled into the side of me, knocked my chair out from under me. Next thing I know, I'm looking up at the ceiling and Jimmy Smith going, wait, wait, what just happened? And it was just, it was a comedy of errors all night long. I, I referenced it on the broadcast itself early in the night, maybe like the first or second match. The monitors got taken out, as they often do. You know, you've called Raw. You, It's not uncommon. The monitors get wiped out. And mine just all of a sudden went on the fritz. They get it back on. And my picture is upside down. Not only is it upside down, it's backwards. It's completely inverted. So I'm looking going, wait, I see what's happening. But I look up directly above my monitor into the ring and the guys are on the other side of the ring from where they appear to be on my screen. So it was, uh, it was very interesting. It was, it was like a bit of a mind warp uh, getting through the first few hours of Raw. You did post that on social media, did you not? I did. There, I, I posted the photos because I said it. And, you know, that's a, a, an old classic bad guy commentary trick. Oh, I didn't see the guy cheat because my monitor went out. I use it myself all the time. This time, my monitor legitimately was just completely out of control. Uh, but we, we were able to recover. And luckily, there was plenty of action once my monitor worked, uh, worked properly that I got to see properly. Uh, man. We are in the midst of a fun time in this business, Vic. Would you disagree? 
No, it is. And that kind of brings me to something I want to toss to you because what I noticed on Raw was a couple of different things. One, when your monitor went out, you took a shot at your partners and said, hey, how about you guys help me out here a little bit? That still to me is cracking me up to <laughs> this was, moment right that now. That was the I can't truth. Stop laughing about your monitor. Uh, secondly, the, the whole flow of the show, like you get into B-rolls and this is something maybe you and I just realized as commentators, but it's like a picture-in-picture B-roll or a picture-in-picture insert. And it just, it looked fresh. It looked new. The biggest thing that stood out to me was the United States Championship match, where I think six months ago would have been the main event. But for whatever reason, it's right in the middle of the show. And it was it was really cool to see that, I don't want to say it heightened the United States, I like to talk about that, but where it was placed was very unique to me watching as a fan. Like, huh, why is this not later in the show? I'm going to pull back the curtain for you a little bit. There's a lot of research. We as WWE, as a publicly traded company, spend a ton of money on research, development. You're following ratings. You're watching viewing patterns, when people tune in, when people tune out, what they like to stay for, what makes them stay longer. There's a lot of research that goes into how we build these shows, how we lay them out. I don't think I'm giving away any trade secrets that I think around the 10 o'clock hour, you'll notice it's happened for the past several weeks, not just this past week. Uh, Going back all the way back to the countdown to Cody, was coming on at about the 10 o'clock hour because that is when that's the meat of our viewership. That is when our viewership is the strongest. That is when people really look for the biggest bang possible. So we've been trying to deliver that rather than trying to string them along for that extra oh. hour for that third hour okay. to where the third hour you, you'll still see tons of if, if Monday night was no exception. We ended with theory and Ziggler with a, a three seg pay-per-view matchup. So you're still going to get that additional main event, but as far as attracting the, the largest amount of eyes possible, 10 o'clock right now seems to really be the sweet spot. So you're going to see, I think, and to the best of my knowledge, some more high-profile things going down in that 9.50 to 10.10 window going forward because that's when the most eyes are on the product. And, of course, you want to ha- make sure that everybody hangs around. You want to give them something to say, well, I'm not tuning out now, but th- that, there's a reason for all that and how it's going down. And it's been awesome because not only on Monday Night Raw, but on Friday Night SmackDown, you know, I like to use the term bangers because that's what yeah, the kids call them these days, which I don't think kids actually say that. That's just something I say to sound less old. But the bangers, man. Uh, Friday night on SmackDown, Nakamura and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. You're not that old, Graves. I, I, I'm wise beyond my years. I got a lot. I, I don't have much tread left on these tires, all right? I've been road hard and put away wet for about 20 years of my life. I've been in this business way too long. <laughs> we may need to stop because I don't think I'm coming back from this. <laughs> no, we're, we're coming back. Stay with me, kid. Come on. <laughs> fight through Nakamura Nakamura and Gunther on Friday night. Absolutely awesome. That's a dream match. That's something that if you had seen coming up on an NXT takeover or something years ago, you'd have had the entire world clamoring. And it was just like, oh, by the way, because it's Friday and we want things to be awesome now, here's this epic matchup. They did not disappoint. To your point, Lashley and AJ tearing it down. The impromptu Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre match on Monday. Man, that was a pay-per-view, I'm sorry, premium live event quality matchup. It was awesome. And then again, you end the night with Theory and Ziggler. Not necessarily a long brooding rivalry, long-term story, but we know these two have needed to interact. And they went out and had a hell of a match. If you stayed until 11 o'clock, which we always hope you do, and watched Raw in its entirety, I challenge anybody to say they didn't, turn off their TV or get up off the couch going, damn, that was a hell of a raw. With the 
specific part of Ziggler in theory, that goes back to the, the Lashley-AJ point of, to me, that match would have main evented the show or Raw six months ago, but instead now you're giving Theory an opportunity to be in a main event spotlight on Monday Night Raw against a someone like Dolph Ziggler, which is going to do wonders for Theory. But it's also how they got into that match. Remember the brawl at the beginning of the night? And they go into the cameraman, and it goes black. Like, all those little things, dude, are... I don't want to keep saying the word refreshing, but I don't go to Raw and SmackDown. I know people listening might think, oh, you guys go to all shows. I can guarantee you Corey Graves is not coming down to Orlando, Florida for a Tuesday NXT just because he wants to. I'm I'm letting everybody know he's probably going home to go to sleep. I don't go to Monday Night Raw. When I'm sitting at home, I'm watching as a fan, and it's grabbing my attention. Drew McIntyre talked me into that matchup because he had passion, because he was was fired up. He was fired up. Kevin Owens was fired up. And when they were speaking, I didn't get the sense of, here's what we want you to say. You always hear the internet and everyone on the internet reading, oh, they're handed a script. Hey, we need you to get from point A to point Z. I don't care how you do it, but this is what you need to do. And they went out there and there was that authenticity and blurring of the lines that we've talked about of, is Kevin really poking Drew because he knows he's going to piss him off? And then in return, yeah, it did piss off Drew McIntyre. It was it was an awesome segment. It was an awesome match. And again, just because it was a Monday, you needed something big. We we were talking offline before we started recording, you and I, about how nice it was to sit down this morning and have plenty of things to talk about on a otherwise unremarkable week of television. And I say unremarkable, meaning it wasn't the build to a, a premium live event. It wasn't the quote unquote go home show. It wasn't because we I feel and I think you'll agree with me having sat in the, in the, in the raw commentary booth three hours, man, that's a long time. And a lot of weeks would go by where it felt like we were sort of in a holding pattern for lack of a better term. This feels very much like, Hey, the machine is in motion. Try to keep up. That's where I feel we're at right now. We are barreling toward clash at the castle. We've got our guests coming up, Carrie and Cross, who I, shocked the world. We talked about it last week. Uh, he's mixed up with the, the Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns situation. There's all sorts of uncertainty. There are surprises galore. New faces seeming to show up week after week. Hit Row returning Friday night on SmackDown. Uh, shout out to, to AJ, man. That, that dude, I, I, I've had him, we had him here on the show. He, he's a blast. I, big money waiting to be made there. I just think everything about the pace, the feel, the vibe is it's very different. Refreshing, I, I agree with. I think that's a great word. It just feels faster. Everything about Monday Night Raw, from my perspective, I no longer look at my, my phone and go, oh my God, we're only halfway there. I look at my phone and go, wow, we've only got two. Oh my God, it's main event time. Well, the U.S. title match is over. Holy cow, this is right around the corner. You know, it, it, it makes it feel faster to me in that role, which I imagine to fans makes it a lot easier to digest and watch. Would you agree as a guy who sits and watches on Monday? I'm telling you right now, man, the last few weeks and maybe even before SummerSlam, you sit there and you're like, wow, this was fun. I didn't, to your point, I didn't look at a clock and go as a fan, and eh, maybe I should just DVR and go to bed. I can catch right. it in the morning. Like you, do, It can't miss. You, you can't miss a backstage walk anymore. Think about all those little quote unquote Easter eggs we've seen over the last few weeks. Like there's always so much going on to your point about, I don't want to say clock watching on Tuesday, we got through the first hour of heat wave and I looked at Wade and went, Oh dude, we only got two matches left. That's how 
it flew because it has such a nice flow. And you talk about ups and downs in the shows. There, yeah, sometimes you could use a little more of this and a little bit more of that, and it's your own personal opinion. But when there's a flow going on, you said the machine, get off the tracks. Because when there's a flow going on, no one does it better than us in the WWE. I completely agree with you, and I love what's been happening. Obviously, it's well-documented, all the changes behind the scenes and who's in charge, and and I don't like to dive too deep into that aspect of this, but it's tangible, and the new presentation of how Raw and SmackDown have been done recently, to me, rewards fans for paying attention. You talked about those Easter eggs. Yeah, damn, you're right. It, it gives you, because for so long, the biggest criticism has been, look, you're never going to please everybody, right? All of a sudden, Monday Night Raw is not perfect. It never will be. Some people are going to say, we need more of this. We need less of this. I've seen that a little. Wrestling is subjective, right? Flavors of ice cream. We talk about it all the time. But the way things are, are developing right now, it rewards people for paying attention, and it doesn't insult people who care too much. Because a lot of people, the people who pay incredible attention to detail, probably more so than you and I do, and that's our job to pay attention to detail, there are fans who literally live and die for this and pay attention and know their stats and they care and they wake up in the morning and they think about WWE and they go to bed and they think about WWE. Some of those people, I think at times could feel like, oh, well, well what about me? Like, that doesn't make sense. We, that's not what you told. You, you changed. You know what I mean? So I, we're not leaving those people in the dust anymore. Continuity. The, the continuity, but across the board, it's, it's like, okay, hey, you want to love this. We want you to love this. And we think this might make you love it a little bit more. Or remember this? Remember how you used to love that? We're going to give you some of that because you haven't seen it in a while. It just feels very refreshing, very new. And I feel as though I don't know how much of the impact can be made in a matter of three weeks, but we sold more tickets for WrestleMania than any on sale in history in the first 24 hours. The number I have in front of me, Vic, is over 90,000 tickets for the two nights thus far. WrestleMania is still six months away, dude. People are stoked. People are excited. People are curious. This is already shaping up to literally be the biggest WrestleMania of all time when we go to Hollywood. And I think the the road there, the journey there, the path, the development, because we're going to be in a very different place in six months than we are today. We are. I think it's all trending in the right direction. It's very exciting. You gave me an idea here, and I don't know if this is something we're going to have to shelve for another day, but you you brought up the fact that it's so nice to have these these great matches and we're not trying to promote to something, and it's, and it's just cool to have something to talk about. Typically, if you are a wrestling fan, this is the quote-unquote downtime that some people talk about. Like, yeah, there's not a lot going on. There's SummerSlam. This is the down period. It seems to me with everything you're saying, because it all makes sense, everything is clicking right now where it's clicking and there's momentum to clash, which is going to carry to Survivor Series, which then you're getting into the hot season, so, so to speak, of the Royal Rumble and that road to WrestleMania. Like, it's clicking, and I haven't felt it clicking in the month of August, as working here as a fan in a very long time. And that's what's exciting to me, more so when you start talking about 90,000 people have already purchased WrestleMania tickets. There hasn't even been a damn match announced. And it's not until April and it's August. It seems like we're clicking right now and it's a whole new vibe amongst all of us and every single show. I agree completely. I'm excited. It's fun. It's a tangible feeling inside the arenas, backstage all day. Things are trending in the right direction. I imagine Vic, if he has his druthers, 
our very special guest, Druthers. If you have your Druthers, you get your way. I don't know where it came from. My mother used to say it to me all the time. If I had my Druthers, I would do this. But I believe if our guest has his Druthers, he will have a massive role with his beautiful wife beside him at the showcase of the Immortals come April. He's got some time to make an even bigger impact than he already has. I am super stoked. Welcome, Carrion, Cross, and Scarlet to After the Bell. Carrion, welcome back to ATB. Scarlet, welcome for the first time ever. And to both of you, welcome back to WWE. It's good to go. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. The last time, Cross, you were on the show was June 11th of 2021. You were still the NXT champion. Just before you would arrive on Monday Night Raw, in a period of time that I'm sure you look back upon with a different set of eyes than most of the WWE universe. I want to get to all of this. I want the full story. This is your platform, open and honest. Uh, what immediately I thought of when we sat down to record this today was a conversation across that you and I had. We were in Cincinnati and we were backstage. It had been a few weeks into your first run on Raw and you had expressed some doubts and some frustrations as are, are common in this place, in this business, particularly at, at the time. And, and you kind of were like, you know what, man, I'm just going to do the hell out of this. I don't love what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Make, you know, make chicken salad out of the proverbial chicken. And I remember thinking, man, you're going to be okay. I, you get this, you get it. You understand how this place works. You understand sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do until you get to what you want to do. Such is the nature of the beast. And I was as shocked as anybody when I got an alert on my phone several weeks later that you had both parted ways with WWE. I want you guys to walk me back through that. I don't, I don't want you to relive it, unfortunately, because I'm sure it was not, not news you guys relished in hearing. But walk me back through what was going through both of your minds when you realized basically life had been turned upside down. It was the first time I had seen my family in about two years because they were up in New York and some of them were in Canada. and. We were visiting the East Coast, and I got the call. Both of us actually got calls on my way to dropping her off at the airport. And there was literally no time to discuss anything. She was getting out of the car to take a flight home back to Orlando from Newark. And uh, we got the calls in the car. And it was just a lot of mixed emotions because... That's not a place we ever wanted to land. That's not a situation we ever wanted to be in. And at the same time, it was a relief because we knew that we were not doing our best work. And it's, I can compare it to a comedian being called up to play the biggest stage they've ever been at in their entire lives. But then the promoter basically says, hey, you can't hit your best jokes. It's like you've been scratching and clawing to be in front of the biggest audience your entire career. and then." You can't hit your best stuff. And it's, uh, it was difficult. It was difficult. But at the same time, her and I are very solution-based thinkers. And um, we were just like, we're going to make it work. We put our booking emails up immediately on the internet. And we found work immediately. So we just tried to roll with it. You know, we just, I was just ready to adapt to the situation and just move forward right away. I didn't want to sit in it and grieve in it. I had watched... Tons of my friends, you and I have had mutual friends who have been released from companies and their lives spiral out of control. You know, they, they, they don't take it very well. And so I was weary of that, even just 
being hired in the first place. I was like, in the event that something like that ever happens, and I never anticipated that it would. Um, there's a lot of people who depend on me, and um, I'm just never going to allow myself to become consumed with some sort of arbitrary decision that was going to be, you know, made for me um, in an undesirable situation. So I felt a little differently um, when I first got the call. I got my call before him, so we were five minutes away from him dropping me off at Newark. Um, because I had to head home, I think I, uh, I had a show coming up, so I had to hop on a plane and uh, head somewhere pretty quick. Oh no, actually, what was it? What was it? It was, uh, what was I doing that weekend? There was something going on where I had to be there in, uh, in Orlando, but he wanted to stay longer with his family. It was something, I can't remember what it was. So I got the call and immediately I look at him and I'm like, oh crap. He gets it right after me and he says, thank God because it would have stopped if it was just one of us. So my immediate feeling was I was just straight up pissed. I'm like, dude, we're awesome. Like we've been killing it. Like we're, I know we're, we're great to work with. Um, we get along with everybody. And I'm like, what are they thinking? It was, it was, that was my first reaction. Um, so immediately I, uh, I kind of took the stance of almost like a dumped girlfriend. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get super hot. And be, like do awesome. I'm like get all this work. So immediately I started going online and like I put on my spoken email within five minutes. I'm like, hey guys, I'm free to work. Um, by next day, I basically had my entire December completely filled. So I was just like super, super motivated. Um, and then I also called my friend who in the last few months like had a fraction of the following I did. She was making around 20k a month on OnlyFans with no nudity. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do this too. Like let's find all these different ways to secure our income. And literally within a week, I felt like we were completely set and we knew what our plan was for the next few months. Right away, we began to try to look into yeah. different avenues of diversifying our income and try to use the platform WB gave us. We, we began learning about a variety of different types of industries and just began, as I said, trying to adapt to the situation. We weren't going to kind of ruin this situation. And on top of that, the majority of our time in WB was incredible. And we made sure not to let a wonky three to four months sour the entire experience. Like we look back on everything, like being like that was amazing. We're just disappointed that it got cut short. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed 
my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. And I was with you guys during the run in NXT, and even last week on the program, I talked about the respect I had for both of you during our time together. And it, it's interesting to hear the mindset that you both had. And, and is it the the passion for the industry, guys, that kept you guys so driven from going into that downward spiral that you knew the value within yourselves? 1,000%. Yeah, I would agree. We had something to prove to ourselves because I think a lot of people, when they're in a, in a machine, they, you know, a lot of them start to believe in their own hype, but then they leave and then they don't know what to do with themselves. And they're like, oh crap, like I don't know what to do without WWE. But we felt so confident in our abilities. I'm like, no, we're going to kill it and we're going to make money. And this is what we love and this is what we want to do. So it was actually like a fun challenge in that way. The first thing I noticed while you guys were gone were the videos you had been dropping all over social media that looked unbelievable. You were telling some sort of tale. I, talk, talk to me about that whole process. Uh, the, the, I mean, the visuals of you walking through the city at night with the cigar and the suit. and It was a totally different side and different presentation of, of Killer Cross than we had seen. Talk to me about that and, and how all that came to be and how you utilized that during your time off. The most important thing to me for my fans was to be able to create continuity. Because one of the biggest criticisms of the transition between Cross on NXT and Cross on Raw was that there was no continuity. It was just missing things. It was an amputated presentation. So I thought, well, I have my hands on the wheel right now. How can I make this make sense for people who continue to watch me? How can I take what has happened in real life and put it into the narrative of, of Killer Cross and Karen Cross? How can I put all of that together? And so I created a bunch of videos and transitions of the death of one character versus the other. I played on some ideas of maybe multiple personality. And so I just began going out into the street with a good friend of mine. His name is Roland. And um, the way he sees things visually, cinematically, is the way I see them as well. And we just began to shoot. And I began to make these videos. And this is essentially what I did before I was in WWE. I was trying to create a story of continuity. As you guys know, with a lot of independent shows, it's five to seven matches, and then the show's over, and we're walking off the bus for a month and a half, and sometimes people can forget about the show in three days. So I wanted people, when they're watching me, to feel like they're watching something ongoing, something that is episodic. And I've done that for years, and I just thought to myself, I'm not going to wait for a major company to come around and produce me the way I know I can be produced and only the people are going to enjoy. I will take the initiative and I will learn this stuff. I will teach myself and I'll do it myself. I'm going to go on the record right now and say that anybody who's on the independence who is listening, follow that formula because it was awesome. I wish I had thought of something like that many years back. But the idea that Killer Cross had this mythology and, and you were this person all the time and Killer Cross is coming to your local company or you're, you're independent. And now you have a backstory with you. You have fleshed out a character using social media. Whereas to your point, usually you show up, you try to get a little reaction from the crowd. Hopefully they like you and buy your t-shirt at the end of the night. But you went really, really deep in this, which is obviously something that you brought to your time in NXT. And I'm hoping you're going to continue 
now that you're back in the company? Do you have any plans to continue something like that? I definitely would like to. And part of that idea that I was fleshing out and publishing for people to watch was, I believe that we need to diversify segments in television program between the talents. You know, you don't want, in my opinion, humbly, a cookie cutter, two hour, three hour presentation of how each individual person is going to be showcased. It, it sometimes can kind of become stale. So what I try to do with myself is I just try to present myself completely differently so people feel like they're watching something different from the last thing they saw or the next thing that they're going to see. And I would definitely like to continue that model uh, in WWE because, again, I think it would diversify the program. I think it's good. I think it's good to see a little bit of everything. I think it's very interesting to to hear that mindset. I, I guess what I want to know is when did that start to click for you or who gave you that sort of idea? Was that something you just... It came to you naturally years ago? Right when I first got started, maybe eight years ago now, I walked into a little school called Future Starts Wrestling in Vegas. And I looked at the entire roster on the show. And I was like, you know, to be on the show, I understood that I need to do something different. They've got all these high flyers. They've got these hybrid Lucha Libre guys. They've got comedy and whatnot. Like, what can I do? And I thought to myself, what do I like to watch? And what do other people like to watch? And I try to find a common ground on those terms. And I just said, this is the lane I'm going to create in because I know I can do it sincerely, authentically. And most importantly, I'm going to enjoy doing it because you don't want to marry yourself into an artistic presentation that you don't like. That's a living hell. Right. It was funny too, because you told me that when you started, people would criticize you for taking the time to uh, make your own videos and uh, do put your own promos online. And it ended up setting you apart from everyone else. Where everyone's like, ah, no, you don't need that. Everyone was like, oh, you're just trying to get yourself over. I was like, no. Just I'm trying to get yourself over. Hey, hey, by the way, that's the point of the business. Right? That's, that's like the damn end goal, you, isn't it? Damn you for trying to get yourself over. How did this become a crime? Like, we're trying to draw tickets, you know, on the, on the lowest scale. And then on top of that as well, these little shows, as we've said, with the independents, you know, they pop up and then they're gone. I mean, why not preserve the footage and create something residually entertaining for your audience and for your fans. I mean, all of us have fans that stay with us for years. They stay with us forever. I mean, why wouldn't you want to give them something, you know, like that? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, mine are related to me, though, so they're not really that fans, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Vic's fans are obligated to be so. Right. So so obviously, after you guys get the bad news and you you course correct and you decide, all right, hey, we're not going to wait. We're just going to jump with both feet into this next task, whatever that may look like. Did you ever hit a point where you started to, to feel a little doubt or it started to creep in or, and how did you keep yourselves mentally moving forward instead of going, Oh man, like this great opportunity may have just gone up in smoke. Well, do you think I ever lost the motivation? Because I, I had a lot of faith from the moment we got released and I kept telling him, I'm like, we're going back. We never got our media. Like we never got to do media. There's all this all this unfinished business in WWE. So I feel in my gut that this is just some kind of universal gift. We were saying we were tired, we were drained. I'm like, the universe gave us what we wanted. We're gonna, you know, take a step back. And I know at some point we're going back. I just had that faith in him. And you lost it a few times. I, I remember we, we would talk about this. It's true. I don't like to admit it. I, it. It is true though, and it stems from a place of. You, you wake up every morning and you chase this WWE thing before you're even there. I always looked at every single show I did before WWE as a dress rehearsal for WWE. 
I always looked at it that way. Everything that I was doing, every rep, every bump, every flight I took, all the miles, all the money was for the one day I was going to show up and be on television with them. And then when you're put in a position and that's taken away from you, like as a grown man, you have to let it go. You have to let it go and you need to shift your energy in a different direction that's going to work for you. You need to put your energy in a direction that's going to provide you a return. And so I had to let it go. And as I let that go, I began to study new things and get involved with different businesses. And I began to have this fear that I was really beginning to enjoy other things a lot more. And some of those things could have become contractual. And if they did call back, what was I going to do? Because now I've been put in this position where I'm forced to build this new life. Now, am I going to exit out of all this work that I'm putting in this other direction to go back and roll the dice again? I was, that was like, I was very nervous about that for a while. And, uh, like for instance, here's some breaking news. Uh, so Daniel Gracie is one of our, one of our head instructors for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He was encouraging me to relocate to Philadelphia to fight in UFC. Oh. Then on top of that, while that was going on, I was speaking with David Feldman from Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, and I was on the verge of taking a three-fight deal. Um, and then on top of that, we were getting involved with television projects um, and movies and stuff like that. And it's kind of funny how it all worked out because it kept getting pushed back to, for delays. And had it not, we had signed on. There's a really good chance we may have not been able to come back when we got the call. Maybe the universe was looking out for you. That's right. We had a lot, of, a lot of opportunities too for signing to different companies, and nothing ever felt right. You had one opportunity that would have—I don't know—you would have made some quick cash, but I don't think it would have been good for you long term. And it's good that we waited. And that's that's rare in this business to look at things from a big picture perspective, because we anybody who spent time on the indies, particularly before you have a contract of any sort, you're making money however you can make money. If you can sell an extra T-shirt, you're going to do it. If you can get yourself double booked and make two towns in the same day, you're going to do it because that's just the nature of the beast. It's really almost rare to be able to step back and look at the the entire scenario and picture. And, and I got to commend you guys both for being able to do that because it's very rare. For me, it was sort of easy just because I had been trying to get signed by WWE for so long. Um, I had been an extra 25 times and had they said no every single time. Um, so by the time WWE came around, I had given up on the idea of WWE has to be it or else I'm not happy. I was completely satisfied and happy with my career. I got to travel to all these different countries. I got to perform in front of thousands of people. I got to do things that the normal person couldn't even dream of. And to me, that was enough. And it's funny that when I let go of that need to I, it's WWE or nothing else, then everything just came so easily. And the company that almost signed me right before we got signed for the first time in WWE, they had told me, oh, you're 27 years old. Since you're getting too old, we're going to train you how to do things backstage. So once you're done having matches, you know, you, you'll have something to do in the background. They told me I was too old at 27. So luckily I didn't sign with them. Wow. A huge lesson that her and I learned over time was, you know, we're taught you got to put 110% into this for it to work. And that's not necessarily untrue, but we've come to find that the more energy and self-care we put into ourselves and our lives, wrestling works a lot better for us. And it took us a really long time to figure that out. And um, I'm not really sure how to elaborate more on that balance, but we just find that the more we put into our personal lives, the better better everything works out and it you know we we weren't we weren't taught that way 
we weren't taught to do that. And we just began to look around and just be like, the happier we are, the better we're going to perform. And that seems really simple to understand, but it wasn't exactly something we, we took to immediately. And being released actually forced us to really um, accept that. So something really good spiritually um, came out of that unexpectedly. Yeah, a lot of people in wrestling tell you that you have to sacrifice everything. You have to sleep in your car. You have to be miserable. But it's funny because those same people, once they get to their goals and they have that those belts, those titles, they're still unhappy and they don't know why. And that's because they've neglected themselves. They've, they've neglected their personal lives. They've been a terrible partner at home. They go home and it's like a prison. I think the absolute worst prison in the world is going home and being unhappy because we already live a fake life. So imagine going home and having that too. So we always told each other that, you know, like this is the most important, like making sure like we're happy and here and healthy. Like that's always, always going to be number one money and work comes second. That's just how we live. Wow. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, damn, this sounds familiar. <laughs> you should write a book. Like, <laughs> He did write a book. <laughs> You're writing a book? I, I wrote a book and it's in the editorial process. It's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us about it. If, if, if to what you could, you, you're allowed at least. It, it's, it's a memoir of my life. And there's obviously a lot of wrestling involved, but, um, you know, while I've had all this time to think and, and be away, I just wish that I had a book like this, or I wish I knew somebody who could kind of talk to me about this stuff growing up as I, as I didn't have anybody like that. And so I wrote the book with the intention to kind of help people that are in similar positions or, or I don't know if you just want an entertaining read, like I'm, I'm kind of terrified for the book to come out because I feel like I wrote it completely naked and I, I don't know what people are going to think at the end of the day, but it's very honest. And, um, there's a, I, I grew up in, in, around a lot of violence and um, I had uh, personal struggles that I've never really elaborated on publicly that I'm completely over and through now. That's why I'm comfortable to talk about them. But um, I think it will make for a really entertaining read, if anything. You, you were a poor skinny kid who ended up being a WWE superstar. So there's a lot people can take from that. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to check it out. That's very, very cool. You Hell definitely yeah. use your time away very productively. Uh, but let's focus on the now, on the return, the shocking return to Friday Night SmackDown of not only Kerry and Cross, but now finally the package is complete. Scarlett, I want to ask you, because for the first time you walked down the SmackDown aisle, you placed the, the hourglass in the ring in front of Roman Reigns and the bloodline after Kerry had just beaten the holy hell out of Drew McIntyre. Very, very drastically different scenario from the last time we saw you cross. And, and again, we hadn't seen you, Scarlett. What was going through your mind as it was actually happening? The thing I was nervous about, I was nervous that I wasn't going to feel those same butterflies anymore because I'd become almost too peaceful and content in not being there. That I was like, oh. you know, it's just going, going through day by day. I'm like, I love wrestling. I don't need it to make me happy because at one point my identity was completely associated my career like that was everything about it um so i was most worried when i put on that outfit i'm like am i gonna feel that and oh my god it's, everything's back like like rushing in and it's just it's just as special as the very first time i ever ever had my first match so it was it was perfect it was amazing and the same question to you cross now getting to do it your way versus the first time you arrived on monday night raw it's really hard to find the words man um to want something so bad and then to have to Accept uh, that that's not a reality anymore, and then to get a call one day out of the blue and to be offered everything you were striving for—it's uh, pretty incredible. I, I remember my 
my first match back uh, on the Indies after I was released, I was very worried what was going to happen going into a small room after working giant arenas of WWE, whether that was going to involuntarily turn on when I, when I heard the music and I was on the stage, and it did. Even with a small group of people in a small venue, it was in a casino in Vegas, it turned on, and I was like, okay, like, I still love this. Um, and it, it didn't have to do with the bells and the whistles, the smoke and mirrors and all the people. Like, I still love to do this. I still love to entertain anybody, whether it's a few people in the audience or it's a, it's a few thousand. And then you magnify that feeling being in the arena. Oh, my God. It was awesome. It was just awesome. And just to see everybody again, too, was a really good feeling. It was just the easiest decision, too, because we had talked about uh, what if we get this opportunity? What if we do this? This is how we're going to do things. We're going to stick to it. You know, we, we have to do things on our terms. So it's funny when Hunter called us, um, he was the best boss we ever had. Like, so it was a complete no brainer. Um, it was just like no other company has ever compared to it. So we, we trust him. We definitely trust him with, uh, with our characters, with our storylines. So it's just, it's absolutely perfect. You even said too, like, Something you had said to me, if you don't mind putting it out there. But okay. You said you're like you felt respected and heard. And yes, I, I like, always felt respected and heard by Hunter, and even more so now. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a big. That's a big thing for you to say. <laughs> so, as like, a woman in wrestling, yeah, yeah, I feel respected and heard. Yeah. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. I, I, I can relate. I've, I've had similar conversations in, in my household. So, <laughs> speak on this <laughs> by all means, please. You're not the only one. Well, sometimes you feel, as a woman, you feel uh, very shut down. You don't feel comfortable talking to the boss about certain ideas. Hunter is always there, text away. Like, we just messaged him yesterday with certain ideas and uh, certain, uh, like, character arcs and storylines, things like that. It feels great to be able to, able to have that kind of uh, relationship with the boss who's accessible that way. And then you actually feel, like, he loves, he loves wrestling. Like, he absolutely loves wrestling. He wants to make the best show possible. So you just feel like you're in great hands at all times. You know, on, on top of that, you guys are very two creative individuals. Do you guys feel like a creative freedom that allows those juices to get flowing? I, I keep using the word refreshing the last few weeks. Is it refreshing to you two as performers? Now so that you're back for the second run. Absolutely. Refreshing and easy. Yeah. This is this is the sort of rapport collectively that I was used to uh, breaking in with NXT. I feel like that's, that's there right now. Um, I feel like ideas are accepted if... If they feel like the idea isn't enough or it's not the right place or right time, there's like a very reasonable explanation as to why we wouldn't execute or why we wouldn't do it or how we can expand on that. And I love that. It's a collaborative effort. It feels really good. I mean, if you're an independent wrestler and you're on the indie scene right now, I'm telling you right now, this is the place that you're going to want to go to. You're going to want to be here. This is the time. This is the place. You want to strive to be here. The, uh, the energy in the locker room has never been better. It's just like, an air of just happiness even when we walked in we're like oh this feels like the nxt locker room like it's just it's it's a fun fun vibe right now like um of course tv is very you know fast-paced and there's a lot going on but it's it's nice to go to work and see everyone happy and having fun so it's just one of those things that we're confident week by week the shows are just going to keep getting better um the storylines are consistent and i just think that any independent wrestler like if you want to make money and be happy, like this is going to be the place you want to be. Like I, I have absolutely no doubts in my mind that WWE is it. Well, this is the place to be. Now is the time. The full package is once again complete. Scarlett and Karrion Cross together on Friday Night SmackDown. Now the real work begins. When you look not too far into the future and the immediate horizon, what's the next step for the two of you? Mania. 
We got to get Roman. Calling your shot now. That's that's the guy. Anybody who's not trying to get Roman right now, I don't know what you're doing. This is the person you want to be in the ring with. He's been carrying the torch for a long time. Island relevancy. That's a shoot. That's not a word. You know what I mean? So this is the direction we're going in. And why are you the guy to step up to the head of the table? Because I have had a specialty since the beginning of my career of taking out people who are undefeated and can't be beaten. Simple enough. <laughs> I'm ready to run through a wall. I don't know. If and, and he's got me. And he's got That's me. right, too. Don't forget. That's right. Said, Look, I got my wife and my resume. What else do I need? Uh, I'm his call bearer. Like, he's got me. That's all he needs. Call up bearer. Call up bearer. I can't let it go by. He also has a great head of hair since the last time that I got to see him face to face. I mean, those locks are flowing. That was that was meant for a movie, too. He started growing it out for a movie. And then after a while, he's like, should I keep this? I'm like, yeah, why not? All the bald people got really mad, though. <laughs> you, he, you were like their mascot. And then a lot of people came up to you at, uh, at signings. He was the best. They're like, man, like, what the hell? Like, what the hell happened? I think they're stolen by the bald community. They were really mad. They revoked my card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did revoke your bald card. Hey, you, you take out Roman Reigns and you put some gold around your waist. That bald community will be crawling right back to you. I guarantee it. Well, guys, I appreciate you hanging out. Thank you for the time. Uh, welcome back again. I and Vic personally are both super stoked to have you back. Uh, as you know, I sent you a text because I, I feel like you guys are back where you belong together collectively. I'm excited to have you. I wish you were on Mondays. I mean, there's a draft coming up, so maybe I'll try to finagle something here, try to throw my weight around and be like, look, I got to, why don't you just predict it, Graves? Now. Just predict it. <laughs> yeah, put it out there. That's a good yeah, idea. I have there. a bad habit of doing it. Carrie and Cross and Scarlett are going to end up on Monday Night Raw sooner there than later is. so I can call their matches and watch the rise. <laughs> Selfishly enough. But seriously, guys, good luck. Keep doing what you're doing. You're where you need to be. We're happy to have you and uh, you're always welcome here on ATB. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thanks for always staying in touch. Yeah, man, I got to do my best. You know, there are a lot of acquaintances, very few friends in this world. So you got to got to keep the good ones close. Amen. Tick tock, Vic. I think the uh, times are a changing on Friday Night Smackdown. Awesome conversation. Thanks again to Scarlett and Carrion for hanging out. I had a good time today. Let's do it again next week, shall we? Okay. That means I can come back. Yes. High five. I gave away my secret. Until then. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag After the Bell if you want to comment. Join the conversation. Make sure you're following me at WWE Graves. You can find Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. After the Bell.